I just sat there and I thought about it and I was like, does this actually bother me? Does, do I have a problem instantly with him being married or dating other people? And I didn't have anything really come up. So I was like, okay, well, there's no, no reason to not try if I don't have any instant reaction to it. Uh, so I just kind of jumped in. <laughs> Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult the medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 142. Take two. We're Finn and Emma. We had a calendar snafu. <laughs> a little bit of disagreement. We but it is Monday. We won't indeed. say who's right. <laughs> I was wrong this time. It is, Monday. It is Monday. We're super happy you're here. We hope you are looking forward to this Monday in particular. Normally Mondays aren't the most exciting day of the week, but I think today's an exception. Yes. We have a fantastic interview today with Rebecca. She is a wonderful person and is very positive. And her story is talks through a bunch of body image issues as well as transitioning from monogamy to non-monogamy. And like kind of like diving all in. All in. Yeah. yeah. So you'll hear again from her on Wednesday. We'll talk about that more later. But she is, yeah, again, as Emma said, it's an incredible conversation and we're super excited uh, to be sharing that with you. Yes. Before we jump into it, we have a couple of our community announcements. So we'll we'll keep them quick. But you know what? If you don't want to hear about how awesome our community is, and it could be your community too, you can just skip ahead like three to four minutes and hear all about Rebecca. Yeah. But until then, Emma, tell me about the community. So first up, our next virtual meet and greet is September 19th at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. We This is an amazing event. We This is, our, I think, our fourth or fifth one. And I'm going to keep it really short, but you're going to want to go check it out. And we're going to actually play a little intro here, a little plug from Jen. Yeah, Jen was on a previous episode, and she was on our last meet and greet and had a great time. Uh, really quick, before we jump into her feedback... We just want to say that the meet and greets happen monthly. They're $10. They're open to anybody and everybody. You don't have to be a Patreon member or anything like that. And we basically bring everybody together, put them in a Zoom conversation, and then we do little breakout rooms with you know icebreaker questions. And it's great. The last one had over 30 people, and we're, we're expecting close to 700 on the next one. I hope so. <laughs> Especially with Jen's help. So let's hear what Jen had to say. Take it away, Jen. Hi, this is Jen from Monogamish Pod. I just want to say how wonderful it was to be at Emma and Finn's meet and greet. Honestly, it's so amazing when you get to connect with people who are interested in learning about the lifestyle, who've been doing it for a short period of time, or who've been doing it for a long time. We get to share stories and impart wisdom on each other, so to speak. So if you want to have a good time, you should definitely go to the next meet and greet. You should be there. Catch up. Sign up. Do it. 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 Just go sign up. Go, go sign up sign now. Up. Go to normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the meet and greet tab. You'll see how to sign up and it is super quick and easy. We hope to see you there. 
And next up, we do have our next Patreon event scheduled. So if you're not familiar with our Patreon, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click on the Patreon button to check it out. But we do have a women's group call on September 16th. That will be at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And our Q&As, we do monthly Q&As with everyone on in our Patreon group. And the next one will be September 30th. We do 9 p.m. Eastern and again at 9 p.m. Pacific. And if you're looking for community in between those two days, we also have an ongoing chat group in MeWe where everybody just helps each other out, supports each other. You know, some days it's super positive. Some days it's funny. Some days it's, I mean, it's always positive. But some days it's, you know, helping somebody through a problem. Some days it's just sharing wins. So it's it's a great community. And we just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has helped us build that and who is part of that. We're over 100 members strong now. So that's super awesome. So thank you so much. Very exciting. And really quick, final last thing before we jump into the episode is saying a huge thank you to our sponsor today and most days. Alt Playground. Alt Playground. If you're not familiar with Alt Playground, they are an online dating website for non-monogamous people and open-minded people looking to meet other Open-minded people. Open-minded people (laughs) without having to go somewhere in person and do it. So it's fantastic. One of the reasons we love Alt Playground is they're constantly adding new fun features, and one of which is the wall. And this is... The big wall. The big wall. Yes. It's a fun place to post and share photos and get to see and meet other people. It's Yeah, it's basically a feed of everything that's going on around you. And, you know, we said it's a big wall, and usually the size of the wall doesn't matter, but... For virtual walls about things happening around you, bigger, all, bigger is better. It's all good. <laughs> so if you're looking to get involved, head over to altplayground.net. You can sign up straight through there, or there are links on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, on our homepage, on our resources page, wherever you want. And while you're on our website, go ahead and reach out to us. Go to the Contact Us button. We'd love to hear from you. Email us, send us a voicemail, all of the above. Yeah. And with that, let's go hear Rebecca and... Let's go. Well, welcome, Rebecca. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for wanting to come on the show and share your story. Absolutely. Yeah, and this, and this is a little prequel to Wednesday's episode. It is. So very exciting um, to get your, your what, quarter of the story before we <laughs> bring in the rest of the, the polycule. So. Um, well, do you mind telling us a little bit about who, who is Rebecca? Okay. Well, um, oh geez, that's such a question. (laughs) Uh, well, I grew up in Southern California, didn't have any type of non-monogamy relationship until last year. So it wasn't the term polyamorous was never even something I really understood until I met David. Okay. Uh, so I really had no, I didn't even really have a thought process about it. It wasn't something I ever sat down and thought about and monogamy was never something that I struggled over. So it was, it was just never, it was almost like, Oh, there are other options. That's kind of how it felt. So you kind of, did you, were you mostly in monogamous relationships up until last year then? Yes. Yeah. And like you said, you didn't have any issues. There was no I'm feeling trapped. I need to get out. I'm always the person who's cheating. I'm always the person who's looking Mm -hmm. to get out of these or hit the eject button. You just, everything was roses until you met David. And then you you found about polyamory. Right. Essentially. I mean, I, 
I had one really significant relationship um, that ended a couple years ago. And since that relationship ended before David, there wasn't any relationship in between. My relationship with that person ended badly uh, because they had met somebody else. So I was kind of coming from it from the other person's perspective of being the one that felt cheated on, felt, you know, like my trust had been broken. You know, when I met David and he was like full disclosure about Polly and that he was married and everything, it was, I just sat there and I thought about it and I was like, does this actually bother me? Does, do I have a problem instantly with him being married or dating other people? And I didn't have anything really come up. So I was like, okay, well, there's no, no reason to not try if I don't have any instant reaction to it. Um, so I just kind of jumped in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you mind me asking how the two of you met? Uh, we met on Tinder. That must, uh, have been, that must have been like almost not necessarily a shock, but maybe surprising, like just not ever really knowing that much about, you know, different relationship styles and then mm-hmm. just being on this date and being like, Oh my gosh. Like, and you said like, does this bother me? Like, did, were you surprised? Yeah. And you know, so personally, the way I have done Tinder is, you know, I look at the person and I swipe right or left. I don't always read their profile statements because it's just, you don't really get any information usually out of them. And I didn't read David's. And then when he matched with me and he sent me a message, that was when I went and I looked at his profile. And so it was even before we really started talking that I read his profile and he was just full on. I'm Polly. I'm in the kink community. I'm married, you know, like it's just right out there. So it was, it was surprising, but it was just like, I feel like I was kind of in a place where I just was ready to try something. And it just, I don't know. It's crazy that it just like kind of fell in my lap. That's kind of how it feels. Right. Well, and and you talked a little bit about the relationship that ended poorly. Did, Mm -hmm. did that end because of an infidelity or was it just, they met somebody else and sort of replaced you, but there wasn't an overlap. I don't know. That sounded kind of harsh. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, by all means. Um, I think depending on the party you ask, you'll get two different answers. Sure. Uh, so do I know for a 100% fact that there wasn't overlap? Nope, I don't. I, you know, I think that if there wasn't, you know, physical contact, the, the level of feelings that my ex had for this other person was, past the point of being appropriate for Mm -hmm. still being with me. So I don't, if you ask my family, they're going to be, yes, he cheated on her. If you ask him, he's no. So it's just kind of, it's a gray area. There is no very clear answer to that. Um, But the way that I've always felt is that, yes, there was, there was a massive breach of trust and of feeling safe with this person that I'd spent four and a half years with. Um, We'd also, you know, a month before this happened, we went and looked at engagement rings. So it was very, it was shocking uh, to be at that point looking at engagement rings and then the relationship is over. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, sorry to hear that. It's- oh, it's okay. I wouldn't be here now if it didn't happen. So I'm actually right. happy with it. <laughs> now I'm happy with it. <laughs> Did- 
did any of the feelings of like the betrayal and the all of that come up when you started pondering or started processing the idea of polyamory? Mm. Was, was that sitting in the background, like how you felt during that time versus what you were potentially getting yourself into? Right. So it didn't. Um, I think a big part of it is that David and David was very transparent with expectations, with being transparent, that transparency in poly relationships, at least the way him and Christy do it, is is really crucial to them. So that there's no hidden feelings, there's no hidden agenda with people. You're just all on the same page. And I really felt safe in that. Um at least enough to give it a try and be like, okay, well, if something does happen, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. If I get hurt, then I'm going to get hurt. I didn't look at it as a different, I didn't feel like my risk of getting hurt was higher in the poly versus a monogamous relationship. You still can get your heart broken. So it's not, what would I be protecting myself from? Right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so you went on, Presumably you went on a first date yes. with, with David. <laughs> yes. And for anybody who hasn't listened to David and Christie's episode, um, you know, we can just say that they do a very, I don't want to say extreme form of polyamory, but they're very, <laughs> it's non-hierarchical, hierarchical. Mm-hmm. They treat everyone is basically on a level playing field for the most right. part. And so you were, you were kind of jumping into the deep end, like some, some really yeah. pro level polyamory. Yes. Yes, I was. And, you know, the, the lack of the hierarchy was a big thing for me too. Cause I'm, I didn't want to go into a relationship feeling less than someone else, you know, priorities and just natural feelings that we have for people are going to be imbalanced, but having someone's needs be, always come before somebody else's just doesn't feel right. So I think having that removed from it just made me feel more comfortable too, because I'm like, I'm not going to, why would I want to be with someone and then feel less than another partner of theirs? Like that doesn't feel good for me. Yeah. So it was, it was nice that that wasn't in the equation, you know, and I think it took time for that really to sink in. Cause I think I met Christy after about a month. Um, and it wasn't until I met her and like hung out with her more that it just really became cemented that like, Oh yeah, there is no hierarchy. There's no, you know, well, Christy's my wife. That, that wasn't really, that's never been a, a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so how did it go those first few months as far as <laughs> what were, what was like tiptoeing into poly? Well, not even tiptoeing. You kind of jumped. I sure did. I did jump in. I, you know, it, it, did and has been going really well. I think me personally, I have a, I've spent a lot of time working on myself and my own needs and, you know, my own baggage to, to work on. And so I just feel like I'm in a, I have a very solid foundation. So like the, the feeling of jealousy is what always comes up for people when I tell them that we're poly it always goes straight to jealousy. Like, Oh, I don't think I could handle my, my husband being with other women. And it's like, I never had that because I never needed to have that. There was never a hidden, Oh, Christy and I are having a date. So we're not going to talk to you today. It was, it's just, 
I don't know the way that we all do it with being open with each other and with being transparent just never has created issues like that. Like it's Mm -hmm. kind of astounding. I'm shocked that it went so easy for me. It felt easy. You know, the, the hard parts for me was being transparent was on on your, on your end, on my end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like feeling safe telling somebody the fears that I'm having. And, you know, I just, for, I think like the first two months, especially I would ask David questions all the time, you know, like, is it okay to feel like this? Like is, I don't have an example at the moment, but, um, just feeling vulnerable and expressing it to somebody else can be really scary if you don't know how the reaction is going to be. And I was always welcomed. So it just, it took time to get more comfortable with the transparency, but the, the parts with Christy or other partners just was never, has never been an upset at all. It's, I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) but amazing. (laughs) It's like, it feels like there should have been something and there just wasn't. Yeah. Right. Did you receive any pushback at all from your friends and family or did you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess how Uh, did that go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, you know, in the beginning, like I, I have a sister that lives in town and she and I are really close. Um, and it took me probably two months before I told her, because I, I was really fearful. Like it's, I think most people who are not familiar with non-monogamy, if you tell them, Oh, I'm dating someone that's married, but it's okay. Everybody knows they're not going to believe that because they don't know this, these people. And, and so I was really afraid that what I knew to be true, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to communicate that and have my family believe it. And then my sister was just asking me questions like, Oh, like, do you think you're going to be together a long time? Like, is he somebody you want to get married to? So then there were questions that were like, I don't know how to answer this because he is married already, but it's not a thing. And I think the biggest thing for my family was that they wanted different for me, for my future. And it wasn't more, it wasn't about what I wanted or what I was happy with. It was, well, we want something else for you. So it's been a rough with that. Uh, I think it's taken a long time for some people of my family to get more comfortable with it. Um, pretty much, I think only one person has met Christy. No one's met Jason. So it's it's a little tricky. Right. Well, when they say, you know, we wanted something different for you or we had something else in mind for you, had you personally also had something else in mind up until until this kind of fell into place? Very loosely. I, you know, I grew up never really wanting kids. So kids have just not ever been factored into what I want. Uh, my ex already had kids when we started dating and I was like, perfect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you know, the idea of getting married just kind of had less and less weight. So when I met David, it was kind of like the perfect timing of all these things to just kind of come come together because I didn't really have an idea of what my future, what I wanted that to look like. And certainly now, like the idea of getting married just feels like such a hopeful thing to do, but it doesn't really feel right for me because I don't feel like I could be with just one person now. Right. Yeah. yeah and that your, was your mindset has shifted. Yeah. And that's it what has. I was 
curious mm-hmm. about like now that you've started exploring this, do you see yourself identifying and relating more to the polyamory and non-monogamy than mm-hmm. the monogamy model that you had done for however many years? Yeah, definitely. Definitely more on the poly side, just because one, it's nice to be able to be dating David and be like, Oh, I can talk to this guy. I can, I can go on a date with this person and it's not wrong and no one's in trouble and I don't have to hide it. I can also not do that. And I can just be with David. So, you know, having the flexibility of even just looking and feeling free just feels really good. And I think that that more than like, like, I don't feel like I have a problem being monogamous. I can be, but I don't want to be anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how has the, like, how has your relationship, I guess, and all of this evolved over the last year? Maybe take us through some of that. Yeah, sure. So, um, let's, so, so David and I have, uh, a DS relationship. I know you guys focus more on the non-monogamy, but we're definitely in, into the kink stuff as well. So, um, David and I are dominant submissive, uh, David's dominant. I'm submissive. Um, and so we're kind of been building that along with the poly stuff. So I really don't jumped in the pool. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. Not- had you, had you explored that before meeting David, the, the mm-hmm. dom sub dynamic? Um, I have had interest in that for as long as I can remember, but where I grew up, it was a smaller town. It was not somewhere where I knew how to even look up that kind of stuff or what would be safe. Um, so I never explored it. And then David pops up in my Tinder and it's like, Oh, kink, poly, married. Let's just go for it. Oh, it was just all those together. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so, you know, David and I, let's see. So we lived about a mile apart, which was great because it was close, but not too close. Um, let's see. Like we just were consistently dating. Um, he would try hard to give me like two nights a week. Um, and then have, you know, a couple nights with Christy. And then if he's dating people, you know, spending time with them, but he always wanted to have like, you're going to get this number of nights from me. And he was always really good with the expectations. Like if you have an expectation that you're not voicing, there's no way for the other person to, to know what that is. And you have to communicate expectations. Otherwise you're going to have a miscommunication and there's going to be problems. You know, so that was a big thing that we focused on is like, like if we stopped using protection, what is the expectation of that? Does that in your mind create a higher level of dating? Is that more serious? Is that, you know, just even little things like wearing a condom, how does that, what expectation do you have after changing that? Um, so there was a lot of focusing on those kinds of things and just, you know, what we want from the from the relationship. Um, I would say it was probably about a year ago that the idea of like co-living came up. Um, and I always thought of it like, Oh, that's a nice idea. And I'd totally love to, but I just don't see that ever happening. Like it felt like this far off pipe dream. (laughs) And then 
you know, we started talking about it more. And I think at first we were like, okay, so, you know, your lease is up in March, maybe renew it for a year. And then we'll talk about it in 2021. And then like a month goes by and we're talking about moving in March of 2020. So it was, it just, I don't know if I feel like I'm rambling, but we just always had the same goals for the relationship. So it just kind of continued on in that way. And then with, you know, living together, that kind of just evolved too. And it just, the time line of it sped up, but we're all happy that it sped up. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> and it maybe, have you guys been together about a year now? Or has it been longer than that? About a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. We met so last February. Timeline. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. Right. Maybe I should have started with that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. So, so now to fast forward to today, and we'll go back into maybe some other questions about mm-hmm. you know the lead up. Mm-hmm. But you're currently living with David and his wife Christy. Yes. And an additional partner. Well, and we don't know is Jason your partner as well, or or only Christy's partner. Jason and I are not romantic, (laughs) but we do, we have in the very recent last, like three weeks have been more physical, but it's more just the physical stuff and we're all stuck at home. So it's partly because of that, because we're just like stir crazy (laughs) with COVID. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But Jason and I are not partners in that way now. Okay. No, that's yeah. fair. I, yeah. So yeah. you're you're currently co-living with three other people, and in some type of relationship with, and quarantine and quarantine, which yeah. adds a whole and, another level. Yeah. <laughs> right. We also have two other people at the house. So there's six people in the house. Yes. Um, but the other two people are family members of David and Christy. Okay. Yeah. It's or, yeah, family members. <laughs> sounds crazy. It does sounds sound way crazy. more exciting than our than you know, our quarantine situation. It's it's crazy because you know when we were looking at houses um, to rent, we knew the area we wanted to be in and we knew our like price range, but it was just Christy, David, and I. That was the plan. So we <laughs> picked a house that would fit the three of us. <laughs> And so, you know, then COVID, like we moved in a week, the same week that like the shelter in place order went into effect in March. And so that was just hectic. But so it went from a three people living in a house to six people. But we kind of, we really make it work. There are three bedrooms, but we've, we've figured it out. I don't know. It's yeah, but it's a lot of people. It's six people. But we also decided really early on in, in, you know, in COVID that if we're going to be quarantined, the four of us, Jason, Christy, David, and I would be together for that because we knew that we would all want to see each other. So we might as well all be together and stay at the same place during that time. So that was kind of a decision we made like that week one. Right. So, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes yeah. sense. Doesn't it? And I'm sure on Wednesday we'll get a little more. Detail on the the craziness uh-huh. that is <laughs> that that living situation, but I, I was curious if if you could take us back to you said uh, like a month or two into the relationship with David is when you met Christy, yes. and and maybe could you talk a little bit about like meeting 
sort of your metamorph for the first time? Because I, I could imagine not having had that experience before. That could be a little bit nerve wracking or a little bit oh, yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrifying. Um, David hosted a like meetup group. And so it was just like the normal scheduling of that. So not only was I meeting my metamor, I was meeting a whole bunch of people in the poly community at the same time. <laughs> and I was terrified because I, you know, I'm also more introverted than extrovert. So just going to any group function where I don't know anybody is already scary. And then to meet someone who, you know, has way more of a history with my boyfriend and is married to my boyfriend and just the lack of experience and what to expect from that. It was, it was really scary. Um, Christy's absolutely amazing and is so kind and is so welcoming. So meeting her was not awful at all. It was fantastic. She was just, hi, you know, in her Southern twang and just super sweet. And I feel like we hit it off immediately. We're both similar in a lot of ways. David definitely has a type. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was, it was very scary, but you know, she, she's the type of person that welcomes people and, I would say I'm pretty welcoming to people as well. So we just kind of came together and it was a lot easier than other people meeting could have been. You know, I feel like if it was someone who was more rigid or didn't want the open poly that we kind of have, if they don't want to meet the other partners, like that could have gone totally differently. But the way that Christy and David do it was just having this transparency all the time. It, they're, it kind of pulled that bandaid off before I even had to meet her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. Had you yeah. ever considered, I guess, dating a woman or exploring that side of, or anything in your in your past or I guess up till now? Um, not not really, no. I mean, I I would say I, I don't know the numbers. I think I'd be like a 2 on the Kinsey scale. Like I'm <laughs> very 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 straight. <laughs> um, so I I don't I don't date women. I really wish I had more lesbian in me because that would be fun, but it's just not, it's just not in the cards for me. So. Yeah. No, no judgment. No, (laughs) of course. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not more gay. No, No, it's who, who you are. It's totally right. Right. And so, you you jump in, you meet David, you meet you meet as Metamor, or you meet your Metamor, his wife. Mm-hmm. Had you throughout this process, did you start like even back when you first swiped right and then you started reading and you're like, oh shit, I should have read this profile before I swiped right. <laughs> did you did you then like dive in and start doing research and oh, seeing yeah. like what you yeah. were getting yourself into and mm-hmm. and maybe how did that go for you? Um you know, I think that David was a big part of my research. He was kind of my encyclopedia. And then I would look up stuff and it would kind of match what he said. Um, like just the term polyamory. I hadn't, I didn't know what that term meant. Like I had no idea. So just looking at that, I was like, okay, you know, multiple people are being able to 
have romantic relationships with multiple people like that. To me, that makes sense. We're not humans aren't in this little box and don't go outside of it. Like we're constantly pushing boundaries. So to me, that just makes perfect sense that of course you could like, there's no shortage of love. Um, David had actually sent me an art, a couple articles. So he was sending me stuff that wasn't coming from his mouth. It was from other people. Um, and he was, he was just so helpful. It, the more that I learned about the way that they do poly and the more, you know, since then that I've learned about hierarchical poly, parallel poly, you know, the different styles that people kind of go through it, the more I felt really happy with where I landed because I like the transparency. It's definitely hard. It is not easy. And what you were saying earlier about it being like a high level, it is because you, you really just have to kind of be exposed more, but you get to pick the people that you're exposed to. And if you're not feeling good about it, you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to be dating someone who is in this kind of dynamic. And for me, I've just, uh, like I said before, I've always just been welcomed with it. So I've always felt comfortable being exposed to an extent, you know, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. It's not easy, but like, I know that my privacy with these people is safe. Right. Have you considered ever wanting to try like a different type of non-monogamy at all? No, no, I haven't. One, I haven't thought about other non-monogamy. Like I, you know, we parallel poly, which in my understanding is, you know, having multiple partners, but the partners never meet and -hmm. there's not any crossover like that doesn't feel good for me. That's not something that works for me. And I, I feel like the, the open poly that we have for lack of a better term is, is just where I would land anyways. Yeah. Right. Because, because I don't like the secrets. And if you're not allowed to tell somebody something about another date, like that doesn't feel good. Like, cause then you're withholding information, even though it's, I just feel like it's messier and there's more, chances of hurt feelings and feelings are going to get hurt in poly or, you know, monogamous relationships. But if you can prevent some of the bigger ones from happening, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Have, have you throughout the last year and a half exercised, I don't know, your, your poly privilege and explored meeting other partners, going on dates, having multiple, you know, relationships going on at the same time? And if so, have you sort of found maybe like the sweet spot? Is it two partners? Is it 12 partners? Like <laughs> what, what is sort of what you found to work best for you? Um, I, I've been very slowly dipping my toes in. Uh, COVID has not helped because now we can't go out and meet people and it's been six months, but you know, I've met a lot of people in the community. I've gone on a few dates with this person, had some dates with this person. And, um, I wouldn't say that I've at this point, I have not dated another person where I had feelings anywhere close to the romantic feelings that I do with David. So I don't really feel like I've dated two people a hundred percent. It's more like more casual dating. And then there's what I have with David. I'm more and more open to it. Like, I think I just wasn't ready before because I was just kind of getting used to the feeling and getting comfortable in my skin with it. At this point, I feel like I could definitely go out and have a serious relationship with somebody else. 
Personally, I think more than two is is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to I wanted to just you know. throw some numbers out there. <laughs> but you I guess know, if you didn't do anything other than like spend time with your partners, which would be awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and then there's you know, in witnessing David and Christy and Jason and and their dating and stuff, like they're definitely the partners that maybe you see them once every two months and that's all you need with that person. So, you know, the number, like if I were, I'm talking to is like two serious relationships, but if there, there were other people that I just wanted to see very, very seldomly that could go up because it's just, why hold yourself back? <laughs> right. See, when you're 12. allowed everything. <laughs> 12 is reasonable. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once yeah. a month, you get January. Yeah. And, and I'll see you next January. <laughs> no, that's, that's funny. Um, what's, you know, you've talked a little bit about the being exposed and that mm-hmm. being sort of the difficult, one of the difficult pieces. I guess, do you mind talking a little bit about what are some of the things that you found most challenging and some of the things that you found most rewarding um, to you throughout this journey? feel like they're kind of in the same thing. That's okay. Um, Yeah. You know, being so transparent with David was terrifying when it felt like I was just, maybe if I was spinning or just being really coming from a place of a lot of fear and didn't really know what reality was, or, you know, if I talk about all these things and all these questions I have, at what point is it going to be too much? you know, what point is it going to be like, okay, enough questions. I'm going to move on. You know? So that was my fear of like being asking too many questions and, and trying to pick it apart. But it's like, for me personally, I, I want all the questions answered because I want to understand it and I want to pick it apart and really get in deep there. So it was, that was really, really hard. I've, I'm so far past it now, but I mean, the first six months was really scary because I would just, have all these questions. I'd be like, all right, are you ready for 16 questions that I'm going to list? You can go <laughs> one at a time, you know, and David's wonderful. Cause he's like, all right, well I'm about to have dinner and I have a date, so I may not respond immediately, but send me all the questions and I'll get to them when I can, you know? And so like, he was great with it. And on the counter side to that, you know, every time I asked him another question, he proved to me that he was someone who could take it. And, and I felt like it really helped create depths between us because he proved himself over and over and over again that he was there for the questions. So it was terrifying each time, but it got easier and easier because he just proved it over and yeah. over. Yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? I, I don't know if I articulated it very well. <laughs> no, it was good. And I, so on the flip side, the rewarding piece was coming out the other side, knowing that you can ask those questions. And, yeah. and feel like you're in a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not just with questions, but with, you know, emotions that came up, you know, one of the first things that we talked about was jealousy. Like jealousy is an emotion. You don't just because you are knowingly going into a poly dynamic doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be jealous. You don't, you don't get that right taken away because you're dating multiple people. You are allowed to feel what you feel. And I, I think he just, ev- every time I had emotions about whatever it was, he was just always like, 
okay, let's talk it through. Let's figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what the actual root of the problem is and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it and I'll alleviate your concern or, you know, we'll figure out a different answer or a new expectation. Right. Has, has jealousy been something that you struggled with? No, never. I, I was never a jealous girlfriend, even with my ex. Like it was not, it was not a thing that really hit a nerve with me. So, and I think that also made me a good candidate for someone who would be in a poly relationship. <laughs> yeah, because, for sure. Because it, like, I think when I asked myself, like, poly, like, what it would, do I have any problems with that? It wasn't, am I jealous? It was just, how do I feel about this idea? You know? So it definitely helps not having that jealousy factor. And I, I think it's interesting that I don't have that jealousy even after the way things ended with my ex, because it wasn't even, I don't know, jealousy is a fearful thing. It's not really, it's not someone else's actions. It's your feelings it's right inside. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I, it's, it could very easily see how that, past experience could then trigger the onset of jealousy in future relationships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I also didn't want to give my ex that kind of power. <laughs> I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, no, you don't get to control all the rest of my relationships, but you know, I just, I just asked myself the question and you know, it, it was hard jumping in just because there was all that fear of what would people think and, you know, am I just like, did I just go crazy and decide to do this weird, random thing and I'm going to like end up homeless or in a shelter somewhere? Like, is this the, the point where my life takes this really bad turn? But it was just, I felt safe in, in who I met and who I was talking to and just every, there was never red flags that popped up for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like even if you had that little bit of a fear in the back of your mind that it it resolved itself and now it's been quite the opposite. It's been like mm-hmm. a, a great change in your life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How have you I know you haven't met a lot of people, but one thing we like to talk about, I guess dated a lot of people at the same time, but one thing we like to talk about is uh f- physical and sexual safety and mm-hmm. we're curious like how how you do keep yourself safe and um even though you're not necessarily dating a lot of other people at the same time. The people you are dating are with other people. And so that's all part of the conversation. And there's, and there's the kink dynamic as well. That that is something brand new to you. Yes. Uh, So in the very limited people I've dated have been people that other people in our group have been with or are dating. (laughs) So, you know, there's, and let me uh, make sure, like, you mean safe, like, health-wise with yeah, like, Okay, cool. Yeah, your, well, your sure. sexual yeah. safety, but also your physical yeah. safety, with the, especially with the kink stuff. Yes, okay. Uh, so with, like, the sexual safety, I was uh, dating someone, a partner of one of Christy's partners, and then, you know, Jason. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're already kind of fluid bonded, if you will. Um, so there's, you know, there's full disclosure on if there's anything that needs to be talked about with your body, if you have anything going on that you need to address. Um, 
but otherwise we are already connected by the people that we're dating. Like I'm dating David and Christy and Jason are together. So we're already sharing everything anyways. So it's kind of just making sure we're all on the same page with it. Um, I have used condoms with the other partner. And if I feel uncomfortable, it's that's always my option always. Mm -hmm. And I remember Christy talking about that in her, in your, uh, the interview with her and David last year is just like, you know, it's up to me to make that decision. And and that's exactly how I feel. I think also with the kink stuff, you know, I would defer a lot to David on that. Like if he felt it's up to me, it's my decision, but I, I would want to make sure that he was also okay with it. And that's more me than him, but you know, and then in terms of like the physical safety with kink, I have met a lot of people in the community and it's all been people that David and Christy and and our friends know. So there hasn't been like a random person that I've just decided to do a scene with anybody that I've done a scene with. I've known, I've talked to them and it's all been at parties. So it hasn't been like in private where it'd be there. The chances of something going askew is a little bit higher. I think if you're private in private. So yeah, um, I just don't play with people that I'm not hundred percent comfortable with. Like I kind of catch their vibe and I'm also like, I'd rather not than risk myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's one of the things that we have the sort of the motto is we'd, we'd rather regret not doing something than yeah. regret doing something that mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a pretty good support network and yes. a pretty good quarantine network going on <laughs> yes. down there. <laughs> yes. So that's we are, amazing. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very happy with how it's kind of turned out. And, you know, Jason and I are both people who said we would never live with people again. <laughs> so, <laughs> and here you are. That, and here we are. And, you know, it's amazing because, you know, having four adults who are kind of intertwined in the way that we are, we're all just, we're all here for the long run. We're all here to work together. And I think that's just really crucial in having it work so well is that we all want to, we all want it to work well. So we all put in the effort. Yeah. And you're Um, all really invested in making it work well. Absolutely. Because if that starts slipping, if you stop caring or if you you stop watering your plant, it's going to die. You need to keep actively making sure you're, you're tending to things. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Right. So what maybe kind of getting close to wrapping up, but one of the thoughts that I had was just kind of, um, f- hearing from you, you know, you coming out of what wasn't a great end of a relationship mm-hmm. and the journey from that to, you know, a couple of years later and, and really the last year and a half, like the journey you've been on is pretty, maybe extreme in some sense, like (laughs) it's, it's definitely not a path that everybody takes. And I guess thinking about like what you've seen inside yourself, like grow and change that you're like really proud of that, that you who never would have expected um, that you would have overcome or gotten to a place like you are today. Oh, that's my body image body image has shifted drastically 
I, and I, I can't, I think it's probably more on the kink side that it, that has shifted, but you know, I went to a party and I, I remember seeing this woman and she was, you know, larger and she was wearing like tidy whities and just a really basic bra and just walking around the room. Like she owned the place. And it was just so beautiful to me. Cause I'm like, God, like nobody cares in, in the community, at least that I've seen, nobody puts a lot of weight on people's body because everybody's shaped differently and everybody likes different things. I've seen couples that are like, have surprised me because I just didn't think that they would be two people that would want to be together because your brain kind of goes to the looks sometimes. And, you know, I didn't wear shorts from junior high until last year. And then last year I was like, I'm going to order some shorts and wear shorts out in public and it's going to be okay. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. you know, now I wear shorts now. And, and at my first party, I got buck naked and then got lit on fire essentially with these little pom-pom things. But so like, I just, I just pulled the trick on it and it just felt so freeing to be, Oh wow. Nobody's actually looking at me and judging me for my body. It's, right. It's so much more internal than that. And that is by far the greatest gift I have been given because it just feels so good to feel comfortable with who you are and, and what your body is. Right. Yeah. And you could be authentically you. Yes. And it honestly doesn't matter, you know, like to see all these people that are playing partners or dating or have their whole poly household like we do. Like it is just is not something that gets so much weight. Right. Yeah. It's and it's lovely. No, that's amazing. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing. And I think Mm -hmm. that that feeling of, you know, and, and we hear it from people who it's their first time going to a swinging party or mm-hmm. a sex party or a kink party in that moment where it's like, I actually have to get naked now. And you don't ever have to, I suppose, but it's yeah. sort of that, like you have the option. I, it's, this is the time if I were going to get naked to do it and mm-hmm. am I going to do it and what's going to happen? And then you do it and you realize like the support you get from other people and how it shifts mm-hmm. everything in your brain. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. Like I remember the first party and Christy, David and I had gotten dinner right near where it was. And so our plan was when we got there, I was going to change cause I you can't walk in in the stuff that people normally wear. <laughs> um, and so when we got there, I was, I was totally fearful and just nervous because again, it was a new thing with a bunch of people and I was going to see some stuff that I probably had never seen in real life before. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go change right now. And I like pushed myself to go straight to the bathroom and change and walk through this, this party wearing a different outfit that I would never have worn in front of that many people before. And it was like, I think the fear tells you that like, once you do that, it's like the end of the world, like something's going to happen and nobody reacts. Nobody's there's not this like gasp of, you know, Oh my God, you're wearing something different. Like it's just so natural and it just, God, it's so great. It's so great. I like, I really wish that more people could accept their bodies and really see that like in the larger sense, people do not have an issue with what your body is like. And those aren't the people you want anyways. You don't want those people around you, you know? Yeah. 
No, yeah. of course not. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. You know, there are some people judging or thinking things, but the people who really matter to you are the people who are supportive and loving mm-hmm. and caring. And Yeah, you don't want those yeah, negative people in your life. For sure. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Throughout the last year and a half, have you had any funny bloopers happen? Uh, we like to ask this question, like, it can be sexual or not sexual, but like something that shows that it doesn't always go as planned. Oh, I have a great one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was probably in the first like three months of our David and I dating and we were fooling around and I had just bought in this new vibrator that was kind of, it's like a bean shape. Okay. 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 And so he was using it on me and somehow it got all the way inside me and then it got stuck because of the shape it was. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, so you're going to have to get that out. <laughs> um, so then he was trying to get it out of me and I'm like, I don't know if he's trying to hurt me or if he's trying to get me off. Like, cause he was like, he could not get it. Cause it like the, end of the vibrator got caught behind my pubic bone oh no so we had the like i had this like fearful thought process of like i'm gonna have to go to urgent care to get a vibrator pulled out of my vagina (laughs) like it was terrifying and then thank god like luckily i was like okay i'm gonna go to the bathroom and try this on my own and I was able to get it out, but just David trying to get it out of me. And I was like, I don't know if this is supposed to be pleasurable or painful or if he's trying or if he's trying, you know, it was just, <laughs> oh my God. And we were like, I came back from the bathroom and we were just laughing and he's like, I had this whole thought process of what we were going to tell the doctor. I'm like, <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> that was probably the best blooper. <laughs> That's an amazing one. I was say, you just have to jump up and down really hard. And like, <laughs> I'll remember that hopefully not, yeah. not ever needed again, though. As, as someone who does not have a vagina. And that's why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> or a, yeah, or just a woman. jump up and down. <laughs> or, or a woman, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Has, don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 standard advice. Don't listen to anything I say. Um, but it, it has been a delight talking with you, Rebecca. Is there anything that you wanted to share or say maybe before we let you go? Um, have a wonderful evening. Yeah, just see you Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, I know. We're looking forward to it. We're going to get all the, we're going to corroborate everything you said. It's yep. basically just a, they said, she said kind of thing. That's all we're right. doing. Is this true? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, no, we're super excited to talk to all of yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. And thank you again for having me. I, it's fantastic to be able to get the story out. And, you know, I just hope that people who are curious allow themselves you know, the permission to, to look into things that they want to look into. It's not always easy and it's definitely not accepted by everybody, but if it makes you happy, like that's the thing that I always think about, like it makes me happy. I don't feel like my life is less than, I feel like it's more filled with love than I ever have. Mm -hmm. So if my family has issues, if other people have issues, like that's, that's their side of the street and my side of the street, I'm happy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're and not the, responsible for them coming around and they, they might in their time, but it's not right. always on you. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm, no one is getting hurt in this dynamics and that's big too. So right. yeah, definitely go for what you want because it, you Why? could actually be happy by getting what you want. <laughs> yeah. And get, and get naked and go to a sex party. Cause absolutely. Always do after, that. COVID. after COVID, after COVID. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, yes. that <laughs> is the standard. Every sentence in 2020 should be finished with after COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So awesome. Well, yeah. thank you again. It was so wonderful to meet you and chat mm-hmm. and we look forward to we'll doing it again in a couple of see days. See you on Wednesday. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Okay, All right. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Thank you so much to Rebecca for coming on the show and reaching out to us. Yeah, and me and for being super vulnerable. It was a again a wonderful conversation, and we're we're super excited to be able to share it. And thank you. Yes, you have a beautiful story and a beautiful human. Yes. With that. We get to see her again on Wednesday. Yes, we do. So, spoiler alert, Wednesday, we have a poly quad. Yeah, so you may remember some of these people from previous episodes. If you want to go back and listen to them, you've got Jason and Val. Were, They're on episode 46 from January of 2019. Right, so just Jason will be joining us for this episode. But also David and Christy from episode 72 will be joining us alongside... Rebecca from episode today. (laughs) And they are all shacked up living together, uh, riding out the COVID. And turns out it's actually a pretty favorable living situation. So you're going to want to come back and check that out on Wednesday. Yeah, it's a, again, fantastic story. All fantastic humans. And we're excited to get it out there. Before we wrap up this episode, a quick quick reminder to go check out Alt Playground. You can find links on our website or go to altplayground.net to meet some fun, open and open-minded. I was going to say inclusive, but meet some new people. Meet some new people and check out the big wall. It's it's the one big wall not crumbling into the Rio Grande River these days. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> we're excited to be part of that and to help you meet other awesome people. And... With that, we'll see you Wednesday. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's let's, 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 let, let's let them go. Let's so go. thank you so much for listening.